You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Thanks, Mark and Abby. Uh, good morning. I am Noble. Um, I'm part of the Redeemer family. This morning, I'm really excited to be sharing God's word uh, with you, even more so as the deacon of youth to have our youth team and um, the young people being part of this morning service. I hope uh, the reading uh, from Amaya has warmed your heart and just hearing from some of the uh, young people about Youth Alpha has been has been great as well. So this morning we're going to dive straight in. We're going to start looking at um, the life of Abraham. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love, for your mercy and for your grace. We thank you, Father God, that as we come before you now, Lord, to hear your word, to feed upon your word, Father God, that you would just open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, Father God. Lord, ready our minds that we would receive whatever it is, Lord, that you are speaking to us about this morning. Father, would I be nothing more than a vessel by which you speak? In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, so um, I think it's it's fair to say that um, as we begin to look at Abraham, the first 11 chapters of Genesis tells a horrible, messy story about the sinfulness of mankind who, despite God's swift judgment, um, just continue to ignore God. Um, there are a handful of people, however, who still continue to follow God or try to anyway, and Abraham's one of these people. And throughout this month, we're going to be looking upon the call on Abraham's life, uh, the covenant, the contract that God uh, makes with him, the compromise that Abraham makes, and the challenge of the call. As I start today looking at the the call of Abraham, I've got to be honest with you, Uh, throughout the years, whenever I've looked at the story of Abraham, um, I've always focused on the promise. You know, the, 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 the good bits, the nice bits, the bits where God says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. The reward bits, the nice bits. I guess the call to me um, didn't really present as exciting. If anything, it screamed pain and, and discomfort. But on reflection, it's pretty radical. And I'll tell you why. God says to Abraham, get out. Leave your home. Leave your father's home. The New King James Version says, get thee out. In other words, get yourself out. Why? Because... your family are probably not going to spear you on with this mad counter-cultural move. Leave your father's house. Leave your place of belonging, your place of security, the place where you feel comfort. This is a personal call. It's a counter-cultural call. If you you think about it, you know, in today's... um, uh, society, it makes sense. You know, you maybe go to university after you finish um, high school, then go into the employment market or an apprenticeship in the employment. 
But naturally, you leave home. It's the done thing. I fully expect that when my children are done with their schooling, they are out of my house. Um, and Ivy, I believe, um, follows me in that same vein. Um, Ivy's my wife, for those who don't know. So this is, I'm, I'm saying this is counter-cultural counter because it's not what people do uh, in this current stage of um, uh, biblical time. So the rest of that verse says to a land where I will show you. Now, what you need to take into account here is that there is, there's, there's no reference um, to destination. There's no roadmap, no GPS, no postcode, um, just a call to go, a call to trust God completely. That's missionary. This morning, I'd say to you that the call is, 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 is personal, it's countercultural, and it's missionary. And I think it's important to note this because for us today, we have the benefit of history. We have a knowledge of God, his character, his word. For those of us who have chosen to follow him through Jesus, we'll have a personal knowledge of God. But here we have Abraham or Abram, as he's currently known. Tim Keller, um, the, the, the pastor and author, uh, explains quite helpfully, Abraham means father, Abraham, father of all. Daddy, big daddy, in a nutshell, which I think is, is fitting considering uh, he fathered the, the three uh, biggest faiths on the face of the planet, uh, Judaism, Christianity um, and, and Islam. So bearing in mind, we're at the beginning of biblical history. Abraham doesn't have the benefit of all the great encounters that we see in scripture when God calls him. You have to acknowledge that God calls him out of his comfort, his security, his family, his home. I'd say to you this morning that the call is personal, it's countercultural, it's missionary, but it's radical above all things. Question for you this morning. In this season, what is God calling you to? Whether you're a Christian or you are searching for God, you're on the sidelines having a look in. I believe there's a radical call on your life. What will your response be? At the tender of age, age of 13, I lost my dad. Um, he left me, my brothers and my mum, no financial or material security. He had none to leave. You see, we um, were a family of refugees from Ghana who were starting out again in the UK. We had nothing, so he had nothing um, to, to, to leave when, when he passed away. My mum, God bless her, has done an amazing job. But there is no overlooking the fact that we grew up poor. Now, as an adult, as a, as a husband, as a father myself now, I'm intentional about my work and about the investments that I make. I go about it in such a way that poverty will not be the portion for my family, for my children, or even my wife, should I go before the three school and 10 years that um, Psalms 90 suggests. 
I believe it's a father's responsibility to make provision for his children. Proverbs 13.22 suggests that that provision should be so substantial that it caters for your grandchildren, for your children's children, is what the, the words actually say. I believe that although, in part, this is about financial provision, our God is a God of, of character over currency. Thus, the provision needs to be about spiritual inheritance, a legacy of faithfulness and godly character. I talk of inheritance because the design of it is to provide security for the next generation, to make life more comfortable for the beneficiary, if you would. Abraham was comfortable. His father had passed away. He's inherited his um, father's estate. We read in verse five that when Abraham uh, uh, answers the call, he has much to gather up, including servants. Abraham's good. He's comfortable. Like who at the age of 75 decides to go on a quest? So you see, this call was going to be life-changing. He didn't know where he was going to. He didn't know what the outcome was going to be. This was life-changing. This wasn't an adventure. This was a quest to find what God was calling him to. He was comfortable. He was aged. Like, who moves from that point of comfortability? If you've ever watched the TV show um, Eat Well for Less where they try to help families change their shopping habits in a bid to um, be healthier and, and, and save money, you'll, you'll understand when I say humans generally don't like change. In every episode, you see families reject suggested changes uh, to some of their, their, their food favourites, only to find out at the end of the trial that the things that they've said no to or weren't willing to change were actually never changed for example if there was a particular brand of orange juice they would just put it in a, a blank uh, packaging or cover up the packaging so that they wouldn't know the, the the difference and quite often the changes that hadn't been made the family would still reject Although the families wanted the growth in their, f in their health and their finances, in their head, they weren't prepared to make the change. Now, we all want better, but I'm not convinced that we all want change. I think it, that's true for most of us. If we're really, really honest, the thought of change itself is a problem. Research shows that um, the, the majority of phobias are social. They're about people, about space, about environment, height. Things that we can't control, they're outside of our control. They can change at any given. We generally like things that make us comfortable. If it affects our comfort, we don't like it. Now, the story of Abraham is massive, it's huge. And I'm trying not to stray from the call, partly not to spoil the excitement of the weeks to come, but also because of time. Um, 
But just allow me to skip ahead for just a few moments, just to flesh out this illusion of comfort. In the book of Joshua, when he's about to die, he calls the tribes of Israel to remind them of God's goodness and, and his blessings as part of um, a parting encouragement, as it were. He starts by saying to them in uh, Joshua 24, uh, starting from verse 2, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. Guys, what this is saying in, in a nutshell is that Abraham and his family were the last on the planet who knew the living God, the last family on the planet who knew the living God. They were destined to both a spiritual and a physical death. Remember, Abraham is 75 years old. He has no children, no offspring, no legacy. His wife, Sarah, is also old. Later on, you'll find out that she, uh, she's barren. So, like, Abraham's line is about to come to an end. Remember, he's comfortable. He's good. He, life's, he's, he's inherited this estate. Life's all good for him. But God comes along. Like, are you getting the power of the call? Here's Abraham, a relative nothing. He's getting old. He has no kids, no legacy. He's eventually going to die. And along comes God and calls Abraham, promising to make him great if he's faithful to the call. And then he gives him life, real life, an inheritance. Are you getting this? This is big. This says that there is power in the call. There's life giving power in the call. From comfort, spelt D-A-T-H, to life. God calls Abraham into real life, into security, into an inheritance, in the same way he calls you today. In the book of John, um, chapter 3, verse 16, such a well-known verse, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Later on in John's book, in um, chapter 10, uh, verse 10, Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. God calls you today because he loves you. The Bible says the, the wages of, of sin is death. We are all sinners. But God, God calls us to more and abundant life. In this season, I ask again, what is God calling you to? Whether you know God and you call yourself a Christian, whether you are searching for God, there is a radical call on your life, a life-giving call on your life, what will your response be?
as I come to land, I would encourage you this morning that as you look at the call and the life of Abraham, that you reflect upon your own life, upon the call on your life. In uh, Hebrews 11.8, it's written, By faith Abraham, when called to go to the place he would later receive as in his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. I see this in my own life. As a refugee fleeing for the fear of death, I said that my father left no inheritance. But what he did do was give me and my siblings a knowledge of God through Jesus. Today, I'm richly enveloped in so much goodness. Not only do I have an amazing wife, four beautiful children, we own our own home, but um, I'm privileged to be an assistant head teacher in a high school where I get to shape the behavior and character of hundreds of young people on a daily basis. My life's pretty distinctive. It's pretty full. It's pretty abundant. All because of the call of God. So, God's calling you in this season. What are you going to do? What's going to be your response? The call's radical whether you're a Christian or searching. The call is life-giving, whether you're a Christian or searching. The call is to you to step into a relationship this morning, quite possibly. Or maybe you've strayed from God and God's calling you back. Maybe the call of God today is about moving you from your comfort onto a quest maybe a change of scenery, maybe a change of career. Maybe God's calling you to drop a bad habit or a friendship group that is not healthy for you. Maybe God's call for you this morning is to forgive someone. What's going to be your response? Will you trust God? Will you say yes to Jesus? God bless you.